You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, I think 45 is, is fun as well. All right, so picking up from yesterday, this is Fundamentals of Talmud Learning. Uh, by the way, if anybody wants to see yesterday's class, um, you I uploaded it. And um, it's at Yeshiva of Newark. Dot Jewish Podcasts. Dot org. And you could see that over there. Okay. So now, all right. So we're going to get started. Uh, yesterday, uh, we began delving into a text. Uh, the text was a typical Gemara text in some ways, <laughs> and it had its complications. We're going to review a little bit from yesterday, um, especially as you know, Josh is right now the only uh, participant, although we do want it to be for everyone. Who, who might be listening and coming in later. Um, Josh, uh, maybe people didn't realize it, but uh, we'll see if, the, if, uh, if it was sent to them. Hopefully they'll realize it was supposed to be recurring. So let's start again. If you yeah, yesterday said Monday. So the one I sent out now is Tuesday through Friday. Okay. So here we have, as you can see, it says Itamar, where my cursor is. Okay. The Itamar. Monday through Friday, I'm sorry. So here you have Itamar. This term, where my cursor is, is one of the important Talmudic words. Part of the key in learning Talmud and knowing where the flow is, is recognizing key terms. And then by the key terms, you know that this is a stop or a start an introduction or a question. That's why many people think the idea of, of studying Talmud is based on knowing Aramaic. That That's not true. Uh, you need to know the words that come up most often and the words that are indicative of an idea or something happening, a question or an answer. So if we take a look at what we studied yesterday, we studied yesterday from this line, Afil Anisha Israel which was a quote of the Mishnah. And we went down till this point. So yesterday, what we did was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15 lines is what we did yesterday. From this line, Afila Anisha Yisrael, we went down around 15 lines to um, there, Idividi Boyhaseba. Now, I sent out to Josh uh, a line-by-line breakdown, meaning a phrase-by-phrase breakdown. I called it line-by-line, but it's actually phrase-by-phrase breakdown of the text. Uh, hello, caller. 
Uh, good to hear. Hello, hello Rabbi. It's, it's Henoch. Hi, Henoch. Now, um, right now, uh, it's you and Josh, which is a nice group. Um, I told Josh uh, before, before we uh, got online, uh, you know, that you were a little bit more uh, familiar with Talmud learning. Josh is definitely eager to understand Talmud learning, but he's not, you and him, I think, are, are at different uh, experience levels right now. I think you both have a desire to learn and know, and you share that. You share a commonality of purpose and 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 love of authentic material. But I think you guys, right. I think you guys have been doing different things. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, uh, right now, I'm going to try to sort of like combine both of you guys in a way that it should be a good experience for both of you. Okay. But if, if it's a little slower, that's okay for me. It's all right. Okay. So basically, what I'm going to do again, Hannah, uh, uh, is is sort of like give a, a a sense of what we did yesterday. So starting from here, where you can, I know, I know if, if Henoch, you, you're not, you're just listening, right? You're not seeing any vision on the computer, are you? No, you you sent me the, the sources. I have it. I went back yesterday. You sent me, uh, you sent me the sources. Okay, good. So Josh is actually looking at our. Uh, Josh is looking at the text that I have put up on the screen. So we're just going to look at it again from Itamar. And we're going to go back to the words. I don't know if we're going to get all 15. I'm just, I just want to re-examine what we did yesterday. Okay. So, and we're going to do maybe one or two new things as well. So in these 15 lines that we did yesterday. What are you on? You Zion? Kufres. Where are you? So, so this you is the, the Kufres and Psachim. Oh, okay, hold on. Okay. Yeah. So, what we had yesterday was a a statement from the Mishnah. That's the, right here. Itmar, Matzat Zorach I'm sorry, Afilu Anisha Bisro, Lo Yochal, Ad Sheyesev. There you have that first line, that leads to a discussion. So that line, and, and what I would tell you to do uh, in order to make this easier is to number the lines. So if we're going to be numbering them, and I'm going to refer to these numbers again. So if I go to the top, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So the numbers we're going to be dealing with is line 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 16 to 31. Line 16 from the top, the words, the first two word, the word in the, in this line is Lamed Yudhe. 
the middle of the line is where we're starting here. That's line 16. Afilu Ani Shebi Got it. Now, line 16, 7, so as I said, so let's start. Line 16 and 17 are a quote from the Mishnah. Up, not the whole line 17, just the first two words are a quote from the Mishnah. That the Mishnah introduced the idea, and I tried to explain this yesterday, of what Haseba is. And I tried to explain it that it's more than the physical. It's the physical and mental. It's the combination of attitude, body language, cleaning the house, making it look uh, aristocratic, doing what you can to create an ambiance and living in the ambiance. That's the idea of Haseba, that the Mishnah already developed. And the fact that the Mishnah developed it in terms of even the poorest person shows you that it's something that takes a lot of imagination and creativity, but yet it's a, it's, you're able to accomplish it. And that's the starting point of the Talmud. The Gemara now begins to discuss this idea because we know the Mishnah told us that everyone is able to sort of do this play acting and to actually be involved. And now the question is, you're telling me that eating goes together with this body language, with this langorious uh, leaning, with this aristocratic mode. So now the next line, which is line 17, discusses the three, it's a, a discussion of the three types of eating that happened in the night of the Seder. So, um, and therefore, the first key word is Itamar, which means the Talmud is now saying there was a discussion about this. And the first two points, which is line 17 and the middle of line 18, are the points that the Talmud doesn't feel <laughs> need much explanation about. They're very straightforward. Matzah Tzarek HaSeba, Maror Ein Tzarek HaSeba. And that, those make sense because of what we know Matzah and Maror are. Okay? Now, uh, again, we have three people here now. Dustin's here, Henoch's here, and Josh is here. So I spoke to Josh earlier. Good question. Yes. What is it? So it, it, Itamar means it was discussed. Itamar means there was a discussion about this subject. Okay? And as I said, the Talmud, we don't know who recounted it. We don't know who recorded it. But it was recorded as a discussion. And it was Matzah Tzarech HaSeba, Moror Ein Tzarech And we explained, because those are very logical. Right? Because if Haseb is all about feeling a sense of redemption, we explained yesterday why matzah is obviously all about redemption, all about living and, 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 and understanding the experience of what Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim was meant to do for us. And therefore, we need to get into the picture of what matzah Haseb is. Now, I want to mention something I didn't mention yesterday. I don't, I don't want to just review from yesterday. I'd like to add a couple of points. If you say on line 17, Tzorech 
And then line 18, Ein Tzorach Haseba. That means, if you say Tzorach Haseba, that might mean that you have to go back and do the mitzvah again. If you say Tzorach, which means it should be done. So should be done means, hmm, if I didn't do it, do I have to do this again? So the the um, the uh, the impression I get from the Tosfot, and I'm going to show it to you right here, is that if you don't do Haseba, you need to redo the mitzvah. Okay, I mentioned yesterday the page. And of course, here is, so you can see the cursor. Here's the Rashi and the Rajbam, Josh. And here on the other side, on the left side of the page, is Tosfot. The Tosfot, of course, adds and uh, um, accentuates, develops ideas that are already found in the Rashi and the Tosfot, the Rashi and the Rajbam. Tosfot means addition. Which sort of sort of tells you you could live without it. <laughs> this is like extra stuff. I, I think like all titles, it's a misnomer. Every single title is a misnomer. Sometimes, even the term rabbi. What does the term rabbi mean? The term rabbi means it comes from the the, the shorish of resh bet rav. Rav means a lot. That's what rabbi rabbi means, the person that I go to because he has a lot. He's my a lot. The yud at the end of the word means mine. Rebi, rabbi, the same thing, rebi. If someone is a rav, that means he has a lot of something. What does he have a lot of? A lot of knowledge. <laughs> he studied. So who is a rabbi? A rabbi, by definition, needs to have a lot of knowledge. And yet, sometimes the best rabbis are ones who have more people sense than knowledge of information. And sometimes you have people who have more knowledge, but they aren't really what we would call rabbis. But it's a title, nonetheless. We don't always live up to it. And it doesn't always, but the word tosvot means addition. But sometimes it's more than an addition. Sometimes it's an essential. So when I say we're going to look at the tosvot, you're going to say Tosfot. Tosfot means addition. I don't want addition. I just want the bare bones. Sometimes the addition, the one who's called Mr. Addition, is really Mr. Essential. The same way, the same way someone who's Mr. Rabbi is sometimes Mr. I don't know what to do in the face of COVID. I don't know what we're supposed to do. He doesn't have a lot of knowledge about how to apply things. But in general, that's what he's about. Tosfot, in this sense, is essential. Okay, I hope I'm, I'm making the point without getting too far afield. So that's why I'm saying, don't say, what are we looking at Tosfot for? Sometimes Tosfot is essential. Here's an example of where. If you look at the Tosfot, he um, uh, says, Kulunami, the Tosfot, Kulunami Tzricha Haseba. So Tosfot says, V'chol Dalit Kosot Tzricha Haseba Bishat The end of our halacha would be, that when you're drinking the cups, you need to be leaning. If you are not leaning, it's problematic. What is the problem? Tosva says, and you look at the Tosvot here, and I've got the cursor on it. 
Vitsadi Ayan, Vitsarich Iyun. I am not sure. Those, this is, I would underline this in your Talmud page, where you see my cursor is, in the Tosvot, on the left side of the page, that says Kuhu. Right in the middle, here is a key Talmud word. It's three letters, Vav, Sadi, and then you see these two, uh, these two little dots here. That's called in Yiddish, we call it a streichel. <laughs> it's a streichel. I, I don't know how to translate it better in English. It's like two apostrophes on top. And then the, the letter, the, the word, the letter ayin. That means, that stands for a word, uh, two words. Vi and tsarich iyun. It needs to be thought about. A very important term in rabbinic literature. It's not in the Gemara that often, but it's in the commentaries. I'm not sure. We need to think about this. That is a, a standard Jewish response, and it's a standard thinking response, and it should be a standard scientific response. You've raised the point, I'm not sure. It needs more thought, but it, you need you should be thinking about it. I, I'm not going to tell you the right answer now, but you need to think about it. Vitzarech Iyun. What was what was that needed to be thought about? I'm going to continue in the Tosfot. Im shochach, if a person forgets, v'lo save, and he didn't have his body in the right format. Im yachzor v'yishte, if he should go back and drink again. Okay. Now, you see from Tosfot, Tosvot is concerned about, should I do this again or not? If I do this again, it, there might be problems. Now, Tosvot is particularly concerned about in the wine drinking. We'll get into the complexity of wine drinking later. But what I see from Tosvot is that you need to do this again, probably, when it comes to matzah. If you don't eat your matzah in the right position, you need to really eat the matzah again. Rabbinically, <laughs> probably. In other words, if someone forgot to lean, you're going to be at the Seder this uh, two weeks from now, and someone's going to say, I, I didn't lean, what should I do? According to the way I read this Tosfot, you would probably tell the person, listen, I think you should eat the matzah again. Leaning. You should put yourself in that position, leaning to the left if you have a couch, and eat the matzah again. Okay? So that's an important point that we didn't say yesterday. And that really, the reason I'm underscoring it today is because I want you to recognize that this is not just, well, this might actually define the actions that we're doing on the Seder night. And if we don't apply this sort of physical attitude towards them, we might not have really fulfilled the 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 commands of the of God and the rabbis properly. Okay, so that's basically what I just want to point out. Tzorach Hasei, but we go back now to the, the key Talmud text. Again, that's line 16, 17, and 18. Important information. 17 gives us itmar, a key Talmud word. 
Matzah Tzorach HaSeba, Mar Ein Tzorach HaSeba, that's on to line 18. Mar, of course, does not need HaSeba. And we, and, and, I, I guess one could ask if they were uh, a Talmudist here, how about if you lean during Mar? Do you have to re-eat the Mar? That's a good question. How about if you, how about if you did the wrong body, the, the wrong body movements for the wrong food? Murrah, it's supposed to be, I'm feeling the slavery, I'm feeling the bitterness, I'm feeling how difficult life is, and your body's saying a different message. Does that somehow, does that somehow eliminate what you did? That would be a good question. That's a typical Talmudic question. It's not dealt with by our page. Our page just says you don't need to be leading. But a Talmudist thinker would say, well, and again, I'm going to, like I did yesterday with my thumb and Josh liked that, because that was the opposite. But I'm going to say, if you're going to tell me that Haseba is so important that it sort of defines what you're doing, then if there's something that I shouldn't be leaning for, if there's the moror, which I should not be leaning for, I should actually be in a, in a body mo- mode of sensing the pain of what it meant. So leaning is sort of the wrong thing to be doing. How about if I lean? Is that a problem? So that would be a, an interesting question to ask. I don't have an answer. I, but that would be a typical, if, if we would, again, if we would be used to thinking in a Talmudic way, that would be, Rabbi, what about some of the, if I lean, shouldn't that negate what I did? Because if the whole point is I'm supposed to feel the pain of the uh, of the persecution, my body was sort of acting like I was enjoying it, and I was sort of and I'm supposed to be in a uh, I'm supposed to be in a painful mode now. So that would be an interesting question. the The words of the Talmud itself just seem to say you don't need to be leaning. It doesn't say that if you do, it's a problem. But I could see somebody, and again, I think that would be a, a, an example. Of a, of a, of a good Talmudic question. It's not a question in the Talmud. It's a question that someone who thinks like a Talmudist would ask. Okay? Next. All right. Uh, as, again, just give me a, a sense with the texts if you think we're doing, a, a, on the chats, if we're doing okay. All right? Uh, let very me know. good. Very good. Very good. Okay. I know it's quite. I, I say very well. All right. Thank you, Henry. Uh, again, I know it's somewhat slow, but I, I'm trying to really be slow and thorough and give you a sense of what it means, uh, a, a, Talmudic, uh, a Talmudic text. And like I said yesterday in my introduction, why it's the way Jewish thinking is. It's really bigger even than the laws we're going to learn. I, I really believe this. I like that last question. <laughs> I like that last question you, you said. I okay. like that. Okay, good. So now let's go back in the Talmud. So there's line 16, 17, 18. At the end of line 18, Itmar Mishmei the Rav Nachman. Once again, we have an Itmar. We don't know from when, but we know it was post the time of the great Amora Rav Nachman. So once again, it was said in the name of Rav Nachman. People said it over in the Beit Midrash. I'm sorry, I skipped a word. Yayin, when it comes to wine, Rav Nachman, it was said over in the name of the great Amora Rav Nachman, 
Tzarech Haseba, that you need to be leaning. And that would mean, based on what we saw in Tosfot, that you have to drink the wine over again. <laughs> right? It's going to get a lot of drunk people. But you might have to drink it again if you did it wrong. Okay? The Itmar Mishmei the Rav Nachman ain't Tzarech Haseba. That's line, I just did 16, 17, 18, 19. I just did line 19. Itmar Mishmei the Rav Nachman ain't Tzarech Haseba. That's line 19. Now, as I said yesterday, this, and I explained, I think, in, in very great detail, how is it that we can have um, conflicting reports about the same person? I think I, I don't want to go over that again. I think I explained that well yesterday. Um, right? So basically what we have is a conflict. Do you need to lean or you don't need to lean? It's a con- it, it, one conflicts with the other from the same person. What a conundrum. How could it be the same person said two opposite things? We explained how yesterday. We don't know which one he meant. What should we do, Rabbi? What should we do, Rabbis? What should we do, Talmud? The Talmud then says another key term that shows up often in the Talmud. Not as much as Itamar, but it's the next two words, and you should underline them. Velo plige. So that would be 1718. Line 19, at the end of the line, velo plige. The word polig means, as we know, from the Tower of Babel, it says that, um, it says, biyom of nitpal gaharetz, that in those days, the earth was put asunder. <coughs> asunder means <coughs> it was separated. It was caused to become separated. Plige. Plige means the thing separated itself. Polig is to separate one from someone else. That's what we're doing. In the coronavirus, we are all nispaleg. If we would say we we have, and in, in modern Israel, the, the different political groups are called miflagot, different groups that are separate from each other. That Those three letters, pei, lamid, gimel, means separate, or different, or in this sense, arguing. So low plege means there is no... Yes, Josh? No, I, I, you just answered my question um, about... Because I know that they said kadosh is also shep. It means technically separate. And then when you... When you uh, right. So let me explain the difference. Let me explain the difference. Let me explain the difference. Good question. Kedusha means totally beyond what you really live with day in and day out. Kedusha means something that isn't part of your normal thing, but you've put it away for something very special. Like God, or holy things, which are special. You've got to get a special mode. Um, similarly, there's a terrible word, which is Kedusha, which is a prostitute. Right? In a way, or a, a, a Kedusha is called a prostitute because she's there when you become Mr. Animal Sex Guy, and she's ready for you in that moment. That's called a Kedusha. So it's something that's separate from your normal existence and what you do day to day. It's inc- but it's really the same idea. Polig is not about being separate beyond. It's about different mindset, and I disagree with you, and you're on that side, and I'm on this side. It's not that we can't be together. 
It's that we choose to be separate because we we adopt a different idea about something, and and and, and our, our perspectives put us in different camps. That's what to be polig is, and that's what happened in the Tower of Babel, because they couldn't speak the same language. Each person became different than each other. Okay, lo plige means there is no separation. We could really combine the two opinions. There shouldn't be an argument. There shouldn't be an argument. Lo plige, key term. The lo plige, there's no argument. How could there be no argument? So we go on to line 20. Habitarte kasi kamoi. Habitarte kasi basroi. So again, just reviewing from yesterday why there's no argument. <laughs> okay. There's no argument because, we said, two of the cups do need leaning and two of the cups don't. So when you say wine, you say wine doesn't need. Hold on. Wine is not all one unit. Wine is four cups and two different types of periods. The first two go together and the second two go together. So therefore, when you say, what do you do about wine? Well, wine is not one unit. Unlike matzah, which you eat at one specific time, although we'll talk about the apikomen later, and mora, which you eat at a specific time, the wine is not meant to be imbibed in one shot. The four cups are at four, as we said yesterday, four distinct times. And because of that, it was almost a misnomer. It was almost incorrect to say, what's the deal with wine? Hold on. Wine, by definition, is not one unit. Wine is two and two. And that's why you could have a contradictory answer. Which wine? Well, when Nachman was talking about a certain type of wine, one and two, he gave one answer. When he was talking about wines three and four, he gave a different answer. That's what that line of the Gemara means. And and, and again, uh, Dustin, I know, sent, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Josh, sent to everybody uh, the line-by-line -line breakdown, and you can follow that. I don't have it up on the screen, but there, there you can see uh, it was. Uh, uh, it breaks down every phrase, um, and 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 you can print that out, and you can fill in. That's what I would say. If you really want to invest here, again, I understand it's the coronavirus period, and we're looking for things to do and things to be uplifted by. But if you really want to use these 45 minutes that we're going to dedicate every afternoon to getting better, you need your brain and your pencil as well. You need your finger on the place, your brain not getting um, going into uh, la-la land, and you need your pencil or a pen using not only on the page that I've pointed here, but you should fill in the blanks of that, that what we call the line-by-line -line sheet. And as I am talking, you can actually fill in. There's there's plenty of space there to fill it in. I, I know you're going to feel like a fifth grader or a sixth grader. Stop feeling that way. Um, you need to get out, over it. Uh, I, I really believe <laughs> that these, these are the building blocks to become somebody. And you got to start somewhere. Speaking with the line by Go ahead, Jeff. the line by line, are we on 69? Okay, I'm going to go on. 69. 
I'm going to go into my computer for a second to look. Hold on. Um, I need to give me a second. So in the line by line, again, I'm having a little trouble with my other computer. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. I'm going to try to pull it up here on this screen. I'm going to switch screens for a second, okay? And everybody can see what I'm doing here. There's no privacy. Here's Josh's feedback from yesterday. Here's the line by line. And it is on page 69. That is true. And that would be Right here, where I said low plegate. So this is where you would fill in. You see it, Josh? It's on the... Yes. If anybody this who didn't get it, please uh, uh, message me uh, privately where you can message within the group, and I'll send it to you. Send me your email. So here you can see this is where you would write this whole drusha that I just gave. <laughs> low plegate. Here's the word plegate. You could put it, You could circle it. And, and this is where there is no argument. You can put in Josh's Ha'ara about Kadosh or whatever you want. Again, one of the things that's, that, that's crucial in being a successful Talmud learner is making it your own. Everybody, people believe, again, this is the, the, the big canard of the xenophobes and, and the haters and the people that, oh, you, everybody's all the same. Everybody learns Gemara a little bit differently. You, 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 Gemara is, is, is so unique and individualistic in a way. So you could put in your own thing over here. Make it your own. Invest in it. Okay? So low plege, again, it's a, a balance between getting the information and putting your own uh, personality in it. That's really what makes a Talmudist. Chobetarte kasi kamoi. This, about, we're not sure what, one of the psokim of Nachman was the first two cups. Tarte, kasi, kamoi. Tarte is Aramaic. So is the word kamoi. As you see the next line, you have the word tarte again. And then you have the word basroi. Kamoi and basroi are opposites. Kamoi means the first. Some of you might be familiar with Baba Kama. Baba Kama means the first gate. Kama is Aramaic for the first. Question, Question. but the Aramaic, because uh, I, I thought it was a, a, a Samach rather, but it's a, it's a mem, it's a final mem followed by a yud in that word. Is it Kasoy, or you're, you're, what you're saying? Um, okay. You, sorry, you repronounced it. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redo um, that, Josh. Ha. Like, One of the psalkim of Nachman, bitarte, in the two. Tarte means in the two. Kose is a cup, like the word coasts. Okay? You know, it's sort of, you, you sometimes have to be intuitive. Um, 
again, to use a, a cultural reference, you might remember the Marx brothers, right? So the Marx brothers had uh, four or five brothers, but only three were really very talented. That was Groucho, Chico, and Harpo. And of course, uh, Groucho was a big Balkishron, a big jokester. He was able to uh, you know, come up with funny things to say quick. And he also was able to dance and sing a little bit. Harpo, of course, played the harp. That's why he was called Harpo. And then Chico uh, played the piano. He taught himself to play the piano. Uh, three Jewish boys. But Chico's, although he, they were all Jewish, Chico acted as if he was Italian. That was his uh, persona, a phony Italian accent. So when Chico would talk, he would say, what do you want for me? Right? What do you think? Right? Yay. You know, uh, there is a no sanity clause, right? The sanity clause. That That is the way. So could Chico speak Italian? Not a word. But when he tried to speak it, he sort of like gave it a little, everything had a little ah on it. Yeah, what do you want for me? That was like, and people say, oh, Chico, he's this Italian guy. Sometimes you have to think that way about the Talmud. Like you have a word and you say, ah, kase, aha, that's, Tal- that's Aramaic for cup. Because I know the Hebrew is kos. So that's how you guess. So you guess, ah, it's not going to say kos. I'm going to say with Aramaic, with a lot of yuds at the end, and a lot of ions at the end, like Italian. Ah, casse, casse. Oh, that must be cup, right? right? If you're trying to speak Spanish to someone, you say, uh, uh, cleaner, cleaner the porcha, right? Oh, what, what are you trying to say? So sometimes you have to use a little bit of intuitive thinking about what what the word is. Bitarte, that you need to know. You, need, you should have a, a list. How do you get the, 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 what the... What are the numbers? Tarte is two. Okay, just write that, tarte. Kase is like the word kos, two cups. The reason, again, let me explain the Chico reference. Aramaic is sort of a cousin of Hebrew. Um, you know, I, I heard from my Rebbe of Heinemann this week. Uh, he was giving a special shear. You can go to uh, uh, Star K uh, videos and hear about his special uh, advice about people in Corona and davening. It's a very beautiful shear. Uh, I, I, I recommend it. But one of the things he says there, they asked him about uh, saying uh, yukum purkun. They asked him about uh, one of the tefillot on Shabbos after Shabbos before Musaf. And he said, do not say the uh, tefillot that are in Aramaic. Because the Aramaic tefillot are the tefillot that the angels of mercy don't really like and don't respond to. And um, which is, of course, strange because the Kaddish, of course, is said in Aramaic. But generally, we don't pray in Aramaic. And the reason is, is because uh, of the angels not appreciating. Now, Rav Heinemann explained it like this. The angels are so into pure Hebrew that when they hear a language that's sort of like a bastardization of Hebrew, it echoes them. So Rav Heinemann said, maybe you can pray in English. The angels don't care about that. <laughs> but if the angels hear Aramaic, which sort of is Hebrew, but Hebrew like a, a pigden Hebrew, they, they don't like it. So that's really the point of slow connection. That's part of what I'm trying to make here is that sometimes Aramaic can be figured out by knowing a little Hebrew.
So if you know the word kos, then the word kase is probably kos. It's sort of a bastardization of the Hebrew. That's why angels don't like it. But we use it. So kase is two cups. The first two cups, kamoi, is the Aramaic word for first. Habitarte kase kamoi. The first two cups. And if you go to the next line, ha betarte kase basroi. This. Ha. This. Ha. It's like the word who in Hebrew. Who. Who means him. Right? Who. In Aramaic, who becomes ha. Okay? Ha. This. Right? Betarte kase basroi. In the two cups, the word basroi is the later one. Kama is the first one. Basroi is the later one, or the last one. Basra is the last thing. Baba Basra, the last gate. Kamoi, the first gate. That's how you have Kamoi and Basroi. Okay? So, let's review. What, what, so, what, it's a big, what are we saying? The first two cups, the last two cups are different. And Nachman could say opposite Psokim for each of them. And yesterday we heard Henoch explain to us, and the Talmud had some of which one probably of the first two, knowing now there's a difference in the first two and the last two, where would you align when you should lean and when you shouldn't lean? On this stage, the Talmud now does an Adarabba. The Talmud actually thinks opposite to each other, and each way could be right. And that's the next line here in our, if, if you're looking here, not on the Talmud page, Amri Lei Lahai Gisa, the Amri Lei Lahai Gisa. Some said, Amri is the word Omar, saying, Law is it, or her, meaning the, 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 the idea. It's feminine, just like Torah. Torah is feminine. You get involved in it, like you fall in love with it. The terms are also Amri Lo, this idea, this feminine idea that we want you to love and embrace. Amri Lo Lahaigisa. Some say it. Amre is they say it. Lahaigisa. Gisa means a side, a side of your brain to think. <laughs> Gisa is a side of something. Okay? So Gisa means, high means that. Some say it on that side, meaning some thought about it with one way of thinking. The Amri lay, and some talked about it, Lahai Gisa, the other way of thinking. And this is what we talked about yesterday, how you'd be able to make an argument, which of the two cups need leaning and which of the two cups don't need it. Which of the two cups leaning isn't essential for and perhaps shouldn't be done? Now, the Talmud introduces that to sort of whet your appetite and to get you say, wow, you could think about this subject totally opposite with each other? Yes, you can. Okay, should I switch back to the Talmud page? Because we're about to, it's all, it, it, we're, we're getting towards the end today. Again, I, 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 this was based on Josh's feedback, what I'm doing today. Josh, is this more in line of what you had in mind, what we did today? Josh? A hundred percent. 
I think it's just fantastic. For me, it's it's fantastic. It's perfect. Um, we're going at a um, we're still getting into the subject and understanding and breaking it down, but we're also understanding the flow and and the fundamental. Okay. okay. I think it's, it's at a better pace and much more depth than it was. Uh, yesterday. yesterday. Okay. So. This is fantastic. Okay. Thank I, uh, you. Uh, Dustin, I, I, I bring to it. It's still elucidating because we never, um, I never learned that way. Okay. So again, it is a little bit different. Dustin and Zalman, I hope you're okay with it. I, I'm not sure who Zalman is. Um, I'm happy to see you, Zalman, or know you. Um, Zalman? Oh, you're Dustin's dad? Okay. Um, and again, I, I know, Dustin, you've had some experience. Yeah, again, if you believe it's – again, I, I, want, I want there to be a chat about it to decide. But this is really a, a much more um, – this is a much more, like I said, a slower breakdown. But it's up to you. Um, and again, part of – there's a – it's slower, but it's – it's meaty, in my opinion. I think, okay. you know, you're talking about like how to think of the, the Gomorrah, and I'm already thinking of questions. And to me, it's like it might be slower, more meat there, in, in okay. my opinion. Okay. Okay. Uh, again, you know, I have a good friend who, uh, if you go onto our podcast site, um, I did a recording about alternatives to Dafyomi. Uh, it's on the, our podcast site, Yeshiva of Newark. I think I, I, I put it up there before, Yeshiva Newick, uh, um, dot Jewish podcast dot org. I think I, I, I put it up there on the chat, right? Um, right. So if you take a look there, there's a, um, there's a, 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 a discussion argument that I had with about alternatives to Dafyomi and one of the persons talks about doing, you know, uh, you know, a daf a year or something like that, you know, talking about actually spending a lot of time on, on one page and really gaining a lot. So you can listen to that. There is, there, again, the main thing I think, of course, is that it, it isn't about ababe. It isn't about here's the letter and here's the komats. Uh, I think what we're trying to do is deepen uh, the the level. Um, I, I you know, one of my favorite authors, and I'll end with this, and we're gonna we'll pick it up here tomorrow if everybody's okay. One of my favorite authors um, is Kafka, uh, and the, the greatest book that I feel that Kafka wrote uh, is The Castle, which is sort of unfinished, but it's a great Talmudic book to read. In that book, uh, the land surveyor K gets a letter. Uh, and he reads the letter over and over again. The letter is his is his connection to the castle, uh, he believes. And he keeps on reading this letter and analyzing it. And he reads it once, and then Kafka gives you a Talmudic analysis of the letter in Kay's mind. And that is really, in a way, how you could sort of think like a Talmudist. And the reason Kafka was actually very into Talmudic thinking and and he was into Kabbalah at the end of his life, and um, he's really a very, very important thinker for the 20th century and beyond. So if you ever get a hold of that book and that section, especially when Kay reads the letter, you can see how the same information, when it's viewed again, 
can be actually parsed and understood, almost to be saying the opposite as it was before. And that's part of Talmudic thinking as well. So we have this key text on Psachim Kufches, and today we sort of did a Kafka-esque uh, going backwards a little bit, and then going back in again and, and looking at it again. All right? So that's it for today, my friends. Uh, text me or text Josh, and Josh will uh, forward the comments to me. And we hope to see you again tomorrow on um, – 12.15 tomorrow then, okay? Thank, right. you. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, remember, and, remember, and remember tonight at uh, 7.40. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.